0: came to Antioch in Pisidia and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down after the reading from the law and the prophets the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying brothers if you have any word of encouragement for the people say it <laughs> sorry so paul stood up and motioning with his hand said men of Israel and you who fear god listen The God of the people, Israel, chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm, he led them out of it. And for about 40 years, he put up with them in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. No, but behold, after me one is coming, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to untie. Brothers, son of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of the salvation for those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets which are read every Sabbath, fulfilled them by condemning him. This he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus, as also it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And as for the fact that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken in this way, I will, give you the holy, I will give you the holy and sure blessing of David. Therefore, he says also in another psalm, you will not let your holy one see corruption. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep. And was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up did not see corruption. Let it be known to you therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Beware therefore, lest what is said in the prophets should come about. Look, you scoffers, be astounded and perish, for I am doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if one tells it to you. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told them the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. There's so much in that passage. There's so much going on, and there's so much wonderful good things for not just the hearers of that first sermon, but for us now. I I found it comical in the beginning when the the rabbis looked to to Paul and Barnabas and said, Hey, if you got a word of encouragement, you know, now's the time. You got anything for the congregation? To me, it's funny because the greatest news of all time is about to be delivered to the hearers of the congregation. A normal Sabbath, a normal church service—nothing special, and out of the ordinary—until the gospel of Jesus Christ was given. In verse thirty-two. We read where Paul says the good news that was promised to the fathers of the Israelites. See, Paul's marching through history. He's marching and reminding the Israelites that were hearing his message. That, hey, this promised seed, this promised Messiah has come and has fulfilled this promise that was given to our people long ago. In verse 38 through 39, we hear the gospel. We see the gospel and as Paul presents it to the audience. Forgiveness of sins through Jesus. Forgiveness from everything from which you could not be justified through the law of Moses. See, that changed everything as soon as that was proclaimed in that place. Because up to that point, their only hope for reconciliation with God, their only hope through this life, the only covenant that they were aware of was the old covenant that they had. Things that they needed to do in order for God to never leave them. And the new covenant is based off of the person and work of Jesus Christ through his work and his promise that he will never leave us, independent of what I promise to do for God. And see, that's a little scandalous Okay, Because it's against our very nature. It's against the sin nature, that flesh nature, that what is right. It's against our world. Everything in this world. If you want something, you got to do something to get it. Everything, our whole system, everything. You have to earn this. You have to deserve this. You have to own up to this. And all those things that are in this world, those are good things. It's good to earn You're living. It's a good thing to work for good things and to reap what you sow. But the gospel is different. In this, it turns the whole system upside down because in Christ, we reap what he sowed. We reap what Christ sowed. His very self sowed onto the cross. For me and for you. And then gives it as a gift out of love. Because we deserve it? No. Because he loves you. Because he loves me. Because God would die to have you. Because God did die to have you. Now see, that changes everything. That's a whole new ballgame. That's a whole new system of my life. Because now I'm going from a position of fear of I need to do X, Y, and Z so God won't ever leave me. And I'm going to a position of freedom because now I'm free to love my neighbor because Christ paid it all. And all to him I owe. Sin let the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Now you're telling a free man that I'm now free to love my neighbor. I'm free to do good things because his blessings all my life depend on Christ. And what he has done for me, not what I promised to do for him. But here's the weird thing that because I'm free, I want to do good things. I want to I want to love my neighbor. How does it look when you tell someone love me, love me, love me? And what's the difference when you just love them? There's a big difference, isn't there? Well, there's some, maybe not all the cases, not all the time, but tracking with my analogy here. Everything from which you could not be justified through the law of Moses, and it says, everyone who believes in Jesus is justified. Everyone means everyone. Not one believer in Christ will be damned. Not one. Not one. No one who has faith, no one who believes in Jesus and who he is and what he has done will see damnation. For Christ's sake, no one will. Christian failures their whole life who feel like Christian failures. Oh, I could have done more, I could have done more. Yes, we all could have done more. There's going to be thousands. I I don't know how many, I'm not going to give a number. There's going to be many of Christian failures who their only hope was Jesus Christ who are going to wake up in heaven and go, Oh, it's true. Who do you mean it's true? Just his cross and his blood? For me? In place of me? Him on the cross and not me? And then all of this is mine? See, that's scandalous. Because it goes against everything that's in us. Well, no, no, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta do all these mighty works, you gotta do all you gotta prophesy in his name, you gotta do all these wonderful things. Read Matthew and read to the crowd who's saying that. Lord, Lord, didn't we do mighty works in your name? Didn't we prophesy and didn't we do these all these wonderful things? Depart from me, you do reserve iniquity. Why? Because their credentials for heaven were what they had done for Jesus, not what Jesus had done for them. They missed it completely. Oh, I'm in heaven because I'm a good person. I've been in ministry for 80 years. I did all these wonderful things, all these wonderful things. You're missing the whole point if that's, if that's what your faith is in. If your faith is in you, you're toast. Your faith. It's not the, it's not the amount of faith you have. It's who or what you have faith in. And faith in Christ, that's where the power is. That's where the value is because you're hoping in something. You're hoping in God the Son. What is possibly more valuable than that? As I'm wrapping it up, I got a lot more notes, but I kind of went off on a tangent here. The one thing I want to kind of, that just sucked me into this passage as well. I don't know about you, but I was very much like my boys when they were little. When I had a favorite song or a favorite show or a favorite movie, I wanted to hear it over and over and over and over again. It didn't matter if I had watched it 30 times in a row. Play it again, Dad. Over and over and over again song, show, cartoon, movie. I can't tell you how many times I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over and over and over again. I'm sure my parents could tell you. And my boys are the same way because they found something that is so good. They heard something that they want to hear over and over again. After Paul delivered this message of the gospel, it said the people in there were saying, they were begging, please come back and tell this all over again. Because it's so good. It's so good. And as the men come forward, I want to leave with this. The gospel is so good to be told over and over again. I know I need to hear the gospel over and over again. I need to hear it every day, all the time. A wonderful reminder that, hey, 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 it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus for me. It's about Jesus Christ crucified for the forgiveness of my sins. It's about the exchange that happened on the cross. The happy exchange of where my crown of depart from me, I never knew you, was exchanged with his crown of well done, my good and faithful servant. And now God counts that in his throne room, for me. Justified. Declared righteous. Because of what Zach Cole does or did? No, but because of what Jesus Christ did. And that's a scandal. That's a wonderful scandal. Because, see, the devil will always accuse me of who I am outside of Christ. He has no case when he accuses me of who I am inside Christ. Because now it is not only being counted for Christ's sake as if I had never sinned. It is also being counted as if I had always obeyed because it is Christ that is being counted in place of me. See, it's not a clean slate that I take to God when I enter heaven. It's the slate of Christ. And that changes everything. Dear Holy Father, we just want to take this time to thank you for who you are and what you have done. We want to thank you and ask that you encourage us and use us, Lord, in the service of your will and your plan, that you embolden us, that you empower us with the Holy Spirit to tell this message of good news with others, that you give us the opportunity to do good things, to do good works in the service of loving our neighbor. Thank you for setting us free and thank you the promise that you've made to us, that if we believe in you, that if we hope in you, that you will never leave us or forsake us, that where you are, we will be also, that you will separate our sins as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. In your name I pray, amen.
1: Appreciate that. Hallelujah. Well, I believe that our focus this morning has been on Jesus and what he's done for us, what he can do for us. He's an amazing Savior. He's a loving Heavenly Father. The wonderful thing about it, he's there all the time for you and I. There's some prayer requests this morning and while the team are singing softly. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward at this time. Some people, we have a blanket ministry that every stitch on these blankets have been prayed over. And we've got people that have needs in their lives and we send these blankets over to them. We pray that the Holy Spirit will go with the blanket and that they'll not look at the beautiful colors of the blanket, but indeed that they'll look to Jesus. It's the little card that we send along with it that points him to Jesus. We're here this morning to give Jesus all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor.